Welcome back to another episode of Keone Chats. It's since this is uh, the you know, I'm still trying to get used to this new schedule of every other week for episode releases. This feels like it's been a while. It's a, I feel a little rusty trying to record an intro, but very excited to, you know, it feels fresh again. You know, I'm not so focused on trying to make sure that the next episode gets out. I can actually take my time. I can really focus on the details and while also helping promote Olivia's episode, which was just the most recent one. So this episode, I'm a, I, I, I get to talk to someone I haven't talked to since middle school. And that is a lifetime ago. Let me tell you. So yeah, Tori Henderson, I, I met her in middle school, Cedar Park Middle School here in the Beaverton area. Uh, she was someone that had a very interesting history. So I knew I wanted to get her on the show and ask more questions about it, try to learn about what it was like for her to be a young mother, a young single mother. Uh, and, you know, there's so many things that kind of sprouted from that one idea I had when it came to you know, officially scheduling her and officially getting her uh, interview up and going and all the other prep work I do, which fans of the show, you know how what that includes. So I am very happy to have her on because, yeah, again, it's been I, I've seen her one other time outside of, you know, social media. Why not? I saw her at uh, the bowling alley. She was with her family and having fun. So. You know, I, I wasn't as comfortable with approaching people as I am, um, you know, now that I've been able to uh, figure out how to navigate when it comes to uh, freezing in the moment or overthinking anxieties. Uh, so I was very happy to get her here because this is a in-person interview. Um, get her here and just talk to her about uh, her her life and see what see how she was able to make it. So. Yeah, like I mentioned, this was another in-person interview, but this uh, the technology issues that do arise when it comes to uh, in-person interviews, they are still there, still very much there. So for the people that are watching this interview through YouTube, you're just going to see Tori's video feed because uh, what I did during Alex Moan's interview, uh, it did work, or I tried it again, but there was some... Uh, issues trying to get my video feed going so you will hear me because the audio is off it's different than what the video has so uh you'll be able to hear me but for people watching on youtube you won't be able to see me so uh instead of having just full blocks of just tori talking i did throw some photos in there to uh, match what she's talking about so you know a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of break here or there when it comes to that but uh you know i want to continue Having in-person interviews, I think it's a lot of fun. It's a bet. It's a really good challenge uh, for myself to see how I can operate an interview uh, when the person is with an eyesight versus when the person's on a computer screen. So, uh, thank you, Tori, uh, for taking time out of your Sunday to come talk with me. And I'm a people person. I get energy from being around other people. So, uh, I know it was is something special. And uh, so if this is your first episode uh, and you're here to listen to Tori's story, there are 52, 53 other uh, stories. This would be the 53rd. Uh, so 52 other stories that I think are fantastic that you should check out. So when you go on any podcast platform, look up Keone Chats. Uh, the video version of all of the interviews are going to be on YouTube when you search Keone Chats. So. Uh, I do release episode 
uh, announcements through social media. Uh, so to be in the loop when those come about, you, you would follow Casey Media 13 on Instagram and Twitter and then Conlu K Media on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, follow on any of those uh, audio podcast platforms or subscribe on YouTube and then also follow on any of the social media handles I just mentioned. Uh, if you want to find more creative content for myself, you can uh, go to my website, keoniconlu.com, K-E-O-N-I-C-O-N-L-U.com. It's going to be, once the interview starts, you'll see it in the lower right-hand corner of the uh, the video feed because no one else is going to push my website. That's got to be on me. So, uh, yeah, check those out. Uh, I do photography. I, I do some blog work. Uh, and then also video versions of this uh, podcast episode is all podcast episodes that are on, on the website also. So check that out. So however you are listening to this episode on whichever platform you prefer, or if you are watching on YouTube, I hope you enjoy my chat with Tori Henderson. I'm out of breath too. <laughs> Come on, we walked up the stairs like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I know, but you know, you're in better shape than I am because I don't, I don't well, know. Well, you look good, Keone. You look good. Please, if you're trying to make a brown man blush, it's working. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny because Jessica was saying that she always remembered you by you waving at her. I just remember you by your smile. You oh, really? always smiled. Always. Every time I saw you, it's like, hey, Tori, big smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, those high school days, I mean, I was still trying to figure myself out, but then I just knew, like, if I just continue being, like, a fun and enjoyable person to be around, you can't really go wrong from yeah. there. Yeah, you were just always nice, always friendly. That's huge in high school. Yeah. and there's a lot of people who aren't. I think also, to also spin it into, like, a slightly, slightly, I won't say, like, negative, it's just, like, you know, look at you and Jessica, you're both attractive women, so it's like, oh, hi, <laughs> hi. Notice me. <laughs> <laughs> you were noticed. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you get a lot of like rando people that were always trying to get your attention back at ACMA middle school? And then not in ACMA. ACMA was so weird. It was literally like where all the rejects went. Mm. And that's kind of like really rude to say, but it was an art school. And so all of us that were there were there to try to like fit in somewhere and we didn't really fit in in regular school and so ACMA is where we all ended up so it was all like kind of the kind of the weirdos kind of like the unique people yeah did you uh was there anyone in particular you know you don't have to use names but is there anyone in particular that really like helped you with that transition into ACMA because you know you you went to Meadows no I didn't I went to uh I went to Raleigh Park Ridge Ridgewood and then Cedar Park Oh, I went to Cedar, Cedar Park. Park. Yeah, yeah, I went okay. to Cedar Park for sixth and seventh grade. Yeah, and then my eighth grade year, I went into ACMA. I didn't need any help transitioning. I was so ready. I was so excited to go to that school. Back uh, then, when I was a kid, um, we used to have to audition to get into ACMA. Really? Now it's like a big lottery system, but I auditioned. I went for singing, and I got in. Um, 
through singing and I was so excited and honored to be able to go to that school. What kind of pressure was that like at, you know, what, 13, 14? No, no pressure. pressure? It was, it was excitement for being able to express art every day Mm. versus going to a regular school where you don't like at ACMA, all of our assignments were artistic related in one way or another, which was so cool because you could be creative with turning stuff in as opposed to having to do like a, you know, a 10 page paper where you just write out all the facts and everything. At ACMA, it was like create a soundtrack based on this book. Like it's like a book report where you pick songs out that go with like each chapter of the book or something like that. It was it was awesome. Now, for for those listening or watching, what does ACMA stand for? ACMA is Arts and Communication Magnet Academy. Uh, Okay. And when I was in college, I did journalism communications, so it's very creative. And then I realized during, like, I think one of the big major classes that the project was, oh, create a a slideshow, do something project-related. For you, when did you realize, like, oh, creative projects and creative expression is the best way for me to learn versus, yeah, doing the 10-page paper? probably right when I started it was just going into it I knew I was in the right place it was so creative focused and you know I look at my kids now and my daughter my stepdaughter is super creative and she you'll find her in a room just like making stuff out of nothing like she'll find some paper and like some whatever and magazine clippings or whatever and like start making something that was me and um I think just being able to express that creativity at school, it just brought out the real me as opposed to having to, you know, do it in a way that I wasn't as good at. Yeah. And it, it, it's just a great feeling to like finally express yourself and be like, oh, that's, oh, that feels good. I like, you know, doing yeah. those arts projects. So when it, you know, you having a daughter or you're having a son and then a stepdaughter that's how what kind of level of influence do you want to always have when it comes to like her and also balancing (laughs) with the mother and it's kind of a deep question off the bat but it's like i was always when i was uh before we started actually i was talking with my partner and you know she was asking like oh just what are you going to ask her and i was like i think this is interesting that like you know she also has a stepdaughter but you know with you being you know a good friend and how how have that how's that how was that dynamic in the beginning? In the beginning, it was horrible. Oh. It was horrible for two years. Um, Rayleigh, my stepdaughter's mom, wouldn't look at me, wouldn't talk to me. She hated me for no reason, just because I was in her daughter's life, and she didn't like that. Mm. And something clicked after two years. I actually have an interview with uh, a counselor. Um, I think it's next week because she wants to get, you know, intel from different like mixed families, like different uh, step families. And um, I'm going to tell her the same thing. Like the first two years, all I did was throw roses back to her every Mm -hmm. time she tried to bring me down. Like every time she said something to make me feel bad or to make me feel like I shouldn't have any hope in ever having a relationship with her. I never, ever gave her a reason to dislike me mm. a real reason. Cause mm-hmm. she disliked me. She, she hated me. And whenever she would say some crazy thing, 
whatever she could think of yeah. to bring me down. I would say, I'm really sorry you feel that way. It must be really hard as a mom to feel like you can't trust the person that your daughter's around a lot. Wow. And I never once did anything that gave her a reason to make what she felt towards me true. So after um, two years, something clicked, something changed. I think it has a lot to do with, um, she had another daughter mm-hmm. after Rayleigh with someone else. And that person kind of left, didn't want anything to do with her, with the relationship or anything with her, his kid, which is so sad. Um, but I think she realized that she had such a good dad to her first daughter and that I was part of that. And something clicked, something changed, and our whole relationship changed. Hmm. She started um, respecting me and talking to me, and we have such a good relationship right now. We're really good friends, and we talk all the time. If she has an issue, she brings it up to me. If I have an issue, I bring it up to her. And it was a long time coming because I really didn't have any hope the first two years, Mm -hmm. and then everything changed. So when it came to those responses you gave her when it came to a snarky remark to try to knock you down. Where did that come from? Like, where did that kind um, of, you know, like for her, for sensitivity and try not to like, cause I'm sure it'll be so easy just to you know explode, but it's like, how do you keep it all contained and also channel oh, for it into me, a okay. positive direction? Um, I went to this program called landmark. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. No. It's a self development program. Hmm. And something I learned from Landmark is that taking responsibility doesn't mean taking blame. Mm. So to me, that means if you take responsibility for any situation that you're in, that doesn't mean that you're in the wrong. Hmm. Doesn't mean that you're admitting blame for it. What it does is it actually gives you control over the situation. So when she says something about me, I realize that it's 100% not actually my problem, Mm -hmm. but I am able to take responsibility of it because that's the way that she feels. And then I actually hold some control over it where I get the choice of how to react to that. And so... It was hard and I've had many times in my life where I've had to exercise this and it has been extremely difficult because I want to fire back, Yeah. but you just can't. Otherwise you, you become at fault. You do something to make them increase their belief that you're not a good person or that you, you know, have this or that wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't give them any reason, they're the only one to blame and Hopefully, eventually, they figure that out. And she did. And she'll admit that, too. Yeah. Did she? Yeah. That takes, like, like I guess, you know, age beyond her wisdom or wisdom beyond her actual age to yeah. acknowledge that she made a it mistake. It takes a ton to be able to acknowledge that you weren't thinking straight and, and to be able to say, I'm sorry. And she did. And she has. Oh. And we have a really good relationship now. That's awesome. Yeah. And then... um. You know, when it comes to, obviously, like, movies, they do, 
they probably touch base on the same life situation you have, you know, being a stepmom coming in and then the kid kind of being very rebellious. Did you watch any movies and then did any of that kind of like, well, I'm sure you watch movies because mm. you're a person, but did any kind of, um, I guess, standard get created in your head from all these movies, TV shows that Let's touch base see. on what you are going through or you've gone through? Well, when Mason and I got together, Carter was only 10 months old, my son, and Rayleigh was only two years old. And so the whole, um, that was a blessing Mm -hmm. because I've seen movies and shows where step parents have such a hard time because the kids are older and they're like, you're not my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah. I didn't, I never had to deal with that okay. because Rayleigh was so little. Like I was on the tail end of changing diapers and uh, only for maybe a month. And then she was out of diapers in our, in our relationship. And, um, but she, she was never like that. She, her and I have a, Rayleigh and I have a really good relationship. We're like I said earlier, we're like really creative, both mm-hmm. of us. And so her and I are the ones that can go into the craft store and like, go into the beads section and like pick out a ton of beads and like brainstorm what bracelets and necklaces and stuff we're going to make. And so we're, we're, we're a family. We, we don't have any of that kind of, yeah. I mean, every once in a while, like, I think it's easy to hold resentment towards someone. And I think her mom still holds a little bit of resentment towards me naturally. Mm-hmm. Cause as a mom, you're protective of your kid and of anybody that's coming into their life that you don't have like a huge say and um, I think her mom projects a little bit of that onto her. But for the most part, she respects me and we have a really good dynamic. So I don't. Yeah. Luckily, she was really young when we got together. So it's yeah. never been an issue. Oh, I can't. I, I, it's just bad that I can't remember the guest I did bring up, you know, like bringing in, um, you know, the ex, you know, uh, I guess the ex-wife into the relationship. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if this was a guest or just somewhere I heard it, but. Uh, I thought that was so interesting that, like, you know, for the, your situation, like, you know, if in a different world where, you know, the mom you know, for, what, what's the daughter's name again? Rayleigh. Rayleigh. Uh, you know, Rayleigh's mom becomes a good part of your guys' family yeah. dynamic. We do, like, birthday parties and stuff together. Okay, so you guys can be in the same room together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She'll bring her other daughter, too, and it's like a party. <laughs> we got three <laughs> kids running around, and we're all fine. Yeah. Mason doesn't get along with her that well. I'm really like the middle uh, between the two of them, mm. but I'm like the glue. I hold it all together. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. Now, when you were pregnant with Carter, I mean, that's also at a, a fairly young age. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. A, when I heard about that, I was just like, it's just crazy that some, it was like you and along of like maybe three or four other people that are, you know, our age. Then obviously we, we didn't go to high school together, but like our age that started families right out of high school. I'm just like, what? don't you want to like get a, your life going? Don't you want to do this, that, that? <laughs> oh, you're so cute, Keone. <laughs> like, like I like made that decision to have a baby. <laughs> I know. No. I know it's out of your control, but you know, when, the, you know, walk, can you walk me through what was it like telling your parents for the first, you know, that oh, you yes, were I can. pregnant and <laughs> My uh, my ex and I were together for a very short time, six months or so mm. before I got pregnant with Carter. My parents did not like him one little bit. I was 20 years old. Um, How old was he? 
2021. Okay, so not too much of an age yeah. gap. Okay. Um, he was he wasn't a good person. He was a pathological liar. He really had me fooled. Mm-hmm. Um. He, I thought he was perfect. Like in my mind, he was the perfect man. He was gonna be the perfect dad. We're gonna be together forever. Everything was amazing in my life. Looking back on it, I was literally the sole provider. Mm. Um, I had Carter and I had a C-section. And 10 days later, I was walking up the stairs to a new position. Leaving my son in Vancouver as I went to Beaverton to go be an operations manager for the first time. After a year of working at Raindrop, which is my family company, by the way. Raindrop oh. Roofing Northwest. Um, That's a tidbit that I didn't really catch on. <laughs> this is going to be in Ju- June 22nd, I think, is my nine-year anniversary at Raindrop. Um, I was there for a year. I started off part-time. Actually, going on that uh, about when I had Carter, um, I was in college. I was going to PCC for mm-hmm. business. And I used it as the perfect excuse to drop out. So I dropped out of PCC. I was nannying. Um, I couldn't find a nanny job and I was applying, 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 and I couldn't find one. And normally I could get a nanny job. No problem. Like Mm -hmm. within a week I'd have a new job. Um, I was a nanny for like two or three families. Uh, and my dad was like, Hey, why don't you work part time at, uh, at the office? We could use someone to just answer phones. So that's what I did. Um, and I worked there for a year and then I had Carter and then, uh, someone was leaving the company and my dad hadn't hired anybody. He's like, do you want to be the operations manager? And to tell you the truth, the way that I learned that position was because the person that we had at that time was such a mess up Ooh, yeah. that I was constantly covering for him just as like an office and like office assistant. Mm-hmm. I was noticing things I was hearing because we were in the same office. So I could hear everything going on. And um, I was like fixing his mistakes as he made them. And for me, my family company, I have a ton of pride in that. And you should. And you should. Uh, yeah, I have a ton of pride. Like it's my company. It's been my company since the first day I worked there. Yeah. Like that's my family's livelihood. It's everything. And so um, when I, <laughs> when my dad's like, Oh, do you want to, do you want to make like $14 per hour instead of 11? I was like, wow, I'm making a lot of money. (laughs) I was, I just felt on top of the world. Like to me back then that was like, that was a ton of money. And I was like, of course I'm going to do it. So 10 days, 10 days after I had Carter by C-section, um, we weren't making any money. We weren't going to be able to make rent. And I I walked up those stairs and I sat down at my brand new desk and, started a position without any training makes my it makes my parents sound really bad but they're they're, not they're They're literally the best parents ever they're looking out for you which you know i'm sure any parent would do that owns a business knows that their child is struggling obviously i i would think that any parent would they were but um i feel like sometimes the way i describe it it sounds like they didn't they didn't give me any support as far as like learning the position or anything um my dad specifically, because he was the, my mom works there now, mm-hmm. but back then my mom didn't work there. My mom actually is like my, like I'm, I manage my mom now. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So she's, she like p- takes all the calls and everything now. Wow. Um, so I 
schedule all the jobs and yeah. manage all the jobs. And my mom just like schedules appointments. So it's kind of funny because I'm like her <laughs> boss. <laughs> but anyway, back then, um, it was a huge transition and I didn't have, my dad was like really into traveling. They were traveling to Costa Rica. They'd go for like three months or they'd go to Africa for like two months or whatever. And I had to pretty much take it, take on a huge position mm -hmm. as a brand new mom. Luckily I didn't have any like, like post, um, partum depression or anything like that. Yeah. But then within six months after, uh, Matt left me, Carter's dad for another woman mm -hmm. that had a three month old baby. That's just, I feel like, no, no, again, that's not what, what he did. I'm not saying that's right, but I feel like if that happens, why would you jump into another situation where you're about to have a mother? That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I'm not, yeah, again, not he, saying that like what he did was right. He jumped into another relationship with another woman that had a three-month-old baby. We had a six-month-old baby. And by the way, up until the last day, I would swear that he is the he was the best dad, the best partner, everything. He literally just left me like out of the blue. I didn't see it coming. It was out of left field, just like, yeah. oh, don't care about you at all. <laughs> so you were kind of blinded by completely you know, the, the love you had for him. Come 100% blindsided. Yeah. And he, he basically left our family and started a new one immediately. It was crazy. It was crazy that a person could do something like that. Um, and I... It was the only time in my life where I felt so lost and so confused of like, I really thought that he was like going to be my husband and like going to yeah. be the, the person I was with for the rest of my life. Looking back now, um, seven years later, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because right. I was so blind. I didn't see what kind of person he was, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy now. I have a really good life. I'm a good person through i i learned and grew through it and yeah. i'm happy so, where i'm at now going going back to your family business i just there's a thought i had i was like okay so let's say your mom's performance is slipping how do you handle that kind of conversation <laughs> i'm pretty mean <laughs> i'm pretty blunt and she actually has had to tell me before she's been like <laughs> um my mom she likes to do things her way and the way that she thinks would be best. And sometimes I have to be like, I've been doing this for nine years and I know that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And so I was pretty, I was pretty straight with her. And she's like, if I were your employee, I wouldn't appreciate the way that you're talking to me right now. <laughs> I'm like, well, you are. Yeah. So you <laughs> kind of have to. appreciate it. It's just, it, it it's, for the most part, we get along just great. My okay. I, my family business goes really well Yeah. in comparison to some. We get along really, really well. Um, yeah. We all really respect each other and listen to each other and care about everybody's input. Mm -hmm. um, but every once in a while, I have to be like, Mom, I know you think you know, but I've been through this exact same situation before, and I know that that's not going to work just you gotta trust me and then when you talk to her like after work has she given you any kind of like affirmation or is she just like kind of maybe a little cold to you because of how blunt you are like how would you what's your guys's relationship when you're not on the clock oh 
I, if I'm most grateful for anything in this world, anything in this entire world, it's the parents that I grew up with. Because I, as I'm growing older and I'm hearing about really um, emotional and messed up childhoods that my friends had, I realized how privileged I was. I was at a retreat with a bunch of girls, like 20 girls, and they were sharing their childhood. And I was like, I can't even imagine. I had the best childhood ever. I had the best parents. They cared so much about me. And it's crazy to think that so many people grew up with people who didn't show them love. And never once did I ever feel unloved. And yeah, my relationship with my stepdad, he's taught me to be a spiritual person. He's taught me to be a person that um, takes initiative and doesn't really depend on anybody for what I can do for myself. And that's huge. It's everything for life. Yeah. And then your your actual dad, so still, you know, have a relationship with him. Did you ever, you know, if you don't want to dive into like why they split up, that's fine. But it's just like... And, that's kind of be hard to like move past the fact that he did walk out and he's like, there's a reason why you have a stepdad and no, no. You know how I told you earlier, like that I was so young or my kids were so young when, um, Mason and I got together. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Like, okay. That's the way life's always been. Um, both of my dads are alcoholics. My, my biological dad, Richard, um, Never has been a recovering alcoholic, but he's kind of a weird alcoholic. He'll like drink for a long period of time and then stop. And then he'll drink and then he'll stop. So for the last couple of years, he made it like a fad diet. Yeah. (laughs) For the last couple of years, he hasn't really drank. He's just been like a normal human being. (laughs) It's so strange that he has that control. Um, But then Ryan... My stepdad is a recovering alcoholic and he's been in recovery for a long, long time. Like since I was a little kid Um, and they both, they both really would do anything for me. They do anything for their family. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't ever, my dad's had a lot, my real dad, he's had a lot of issues in the past. He almost had like, he treated my brothers, my older brothers and sisters, 100% different than he treated me as his child. I had a different upbringing than they did. Um, I think because he was a lot younger when he had them, my all my half mm-hmm. uh, siblings. Um, they're a lot older than me. They're like almost 50. Hey, I hope you're enjoying Tori Henderson's episode so far. So if you're enjoying this show and if you're uh, enjoying hearing me talk, you can uh, check out my other show with my brother, uh, Conlu's Con Conversations or Tres C with my brother Jack and his, uh, if you want to follow him, his Instagram handle is at J-A-C underscore B-I-T-W. So it's just a 30 to 40 minute talk show of him, he and I talking about topics that we're passionate about. We're fans of whatever we talk about. So. Right now we've uh, we're we're gonna we're working on episode four. We've talked about the NFL. We're starting to transition into card collectible games. So uh, if that sounds interesting to you, check it out. We are available on Spotify and Apple Podcast, 
And if you would like to have a topic discussed by us, go ahead and direct message either him at uh, Jack at at <laughs> Jack J A C underscore B I T W or myself Casey Media thirteen on Instagram. And uh, yeah, check it out. We'd love to engage with you guys and see what you think our opinions could be on whatever topic it is. So without further ado, please enjoy the rest of Tori Henderson's episode. Like 40s. Yeah. Whoa. Uh Uh-huh. Whoa. Yeah. My dad's like 75 years old. Ryan? Richard. Richard. My biological dad. Okay. Is a lot old. He was 15 years older than my mom. Um, My brothers and sisters had a whole different relationship than I did with him. Um, But he was always a good dad to me. In fact, to me, he was always like that Disneyland dad. Like Mm -hmm. I'd go hang out with my dad and he'd take me. Oh, I didn't mention this. Richard is 100% blind. Oh. He has no eyes. Like he has glass eyes. Um, And that happened before I was even born. (laughs) Yeah. So he used to live in Multnomah Village. um, And he used to, he knew the neighborhood like the back of his hand. Mm -hmm. He would, uh he would walk and I would get on his shoulders and I would like pull his hair for direction, <laughs> like pull the right side to go yeah. right, pull the left side to go left. Yeah. And, uh, we'd go up to Multnomah village and he'd take me to the toy store and I could have whatever I wanted. And then he'd take me to the candy store. And I could have whatever I wanted. He was the dad that I could do no wrong, hmm. no wrong versus my parents were extremely strict. Hmm. Um, for me, they wanted me to be a good person. Uh, so looking back now, I know why they were, they were like that. It's funny though, because I have a little sister, Riley. Um, she goes to Beaverton and, uh, she's a sophomore going on to junior year and they are completely different with her. It's funny. Like 13 years later. It's, yeah. It's usually like the f- older child is from what I've heard, you know, the, the test run. And then the second child, like, we got it. We got it. Yeah, they totally changed the way they are with her. They let her do whatever. I was, they were super strict to me. Yeah. But then my little sister will tell them literally everything. Things that I would never have told my parents. My sister shares with them because she trusts them. Yeah. And I was raised in a strict, like, you know, don't do anything wrong type of, type of uh upbringing and my sister is raised in a like we understand tell us everything type of upbringing mm-hmm. and i'm not sure who's better off i guess we'll see will we <laughs> so okay i just want to recap that you have step siblings in their 40s to 50s and now you All have half i have four half siblings four half siblings and then now you have a younger sister that's a sophomore going to junior high school at beaverton high school something high school rivalry but how do you connect with them that's got to be so you know with my siblings yeah just in general yeah, it's like my, so, such extremes when it comes to that age gap yeah my older sister Heidi is 13 years older than me and my younger sister Riley is 13 years younger than me that's just a joke. and those are the like Heidi is the youngest of my older siblings um so 13 to I don't know, 17 year difference on the up and Mm. then 13 years down. Um, it, as I get older, uh, it's easier to connect with my older siblings. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, uh, two of them live in Chicago. One of them lives here in Portland. Um, 
they respect me a lot more now that I'm older and I have my shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Riley, it's easier to connect with her as she gets older. Yeah. But she, she's my, she's my baby. Like I love my little sister. She, her and I are very close. Yeah. We share everything. And, um, it's funny when you think you're cool and then you have a 13 year old sister and you realize you're not cool at all. (laughs) Or she, well, sorry, not a 13 year old, 13 year younger sister. Um, so she's 16 and I am an old lady. (laughs) We're the same age. (laughs) And, uh, and we're old oh, oh. to her. Oh, in her we world. are yep. old yep. as can be. <laughs> yep. yep. I'm pretty sure she would see me in this full. Again, people listening won't be able to see me, but I'm wearing like a white shirt with some blue flowers on it. I'm sure she would confuse me for an old grandma or old grandpa. Yeah, I think so. And I totally accept that. <laughs> but have you seen their style right now? I don't get it. I don't get it don't at get all. It. It's what our moms were when they were in the 80s. Either that like. So I was at the uh, the BG food cart, which is in a food cart pod located in Beaverton uh, near, let's say it was the Beaverton Central Transit Station. So I was there with my mom. We were going to go visit my brother who works at the Mockingbird, which is a vegan. Again, these are kind of plugs, but anywho. But <laughs> Everybody um, go visit the Mockingbird. Exactly. Uh, so as I parked and her and I were walking to the food cart you know, s- spot, we saw this old Volkswagen van that's getting driven by these high schoolers in their prom outfit and my mom was just like okay this van's like twice this guy's age what's going on here and then their style when they start walking around it's very much like a combination of like what's going on now it's like they're wearing nike shoes and they're like ties not perfectly like tight on their neck or you know firm on the neck it's like very relaxed i'm just like it's so weird yeah well Okay, to be fair, though, prom this year was weird because uh, of COVID. Last two years, probably. Well, la- I'm pretty sure Last year, was there canceled. was no prom. Uh, this year, they're having, like, buddy prom and all sorts of strange proms. I've seen, actually, um, some parents on my Facebook, older parents, um, like, hosting proms so that their kids can have a prom because they wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. And they rent out, like, a venue and have, like, you know, 10 kids come all dressed up and get to dance and they have a DJ and all that hmm. um, just so that their kids can get to have that experience. It's really actually sad for seniors, yeah, especially last year because yeah. they didn't get to have that experience. Um, my class at ACMA was the class of 52 seniors. <laughs> not a lot, uh, not a lot um, of any class because we had, middle school and high school all together and there it was a really small school yeah um but anyway i still feel like i had the senior experience i went to prom at sunset i went to prom at uh acma i went to prom actually when i was a junior at tualatin hi Uh, how did that happen (laughs) i had a boyfriend Uh, okay tualatin okay in in junior year it's like acma i got it sunset like i got it you're close (laughs) to the middle school you went to but then tualatin like yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Tyler Wallace? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he texted me one day and it was kind of frustrating because he can, you know, he has a whole like entrepreneur like mindset. He's like posting pictures of himself with like all these. On like, stage. Yeah, on stage yeah. or just like with fancy cars. 
And then he called me one day. He's like, hey, man, I need you to do this. I'm like, well, I'm having dinner with my family, so it's going to be a pass. He's like, oh, well, he, you know, this is probably the last conversation I had with him. And he's like, oh, well, I thought you were a go-getter. You just proved me wrong. I'm just like, oh, okay, we're done here. I was like, mm. yeah. So, like, I know the guy, but I don't I, I don't want to talk. I haven't talked to him. No offense, Tyler, if you're listening. But just, <laughs> was he the guy you were? I was with Tyler, like, my whole senior year. Um, uh, okay. Or, yeah, it must have been. Wait a minute. Okay, hang on. <laughs> it must have been sophomore, junior, because then I went to Twalton senior year. That's ah, what it was. Okay. Yeah, okay. and that was like my high school sweetheart, Steven. So if, if some people could argue, you had three senior year experiences with the proms, for example. That's, that's Yeah, maybe that's even four. Yeah, because I think I went to mine two years. So ACMA, ACMA, Sunset, Twalton, Look at proms. You. Four different proms. Look at you. I was into that. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun for me. I like that. I mean, when you go to a, an art school, a small art school, uh, you miss out on a lot. Like, we didn't have our own school sports and stuff. So, I definitely fed off of sunsets. Mm. Everything sunset. I was always there for it. Mm. Just to kind of get that experience. And then, have you seen ACMA recently? Yeah. The new renovations and the... Yeah, I know about it. Um, actually, I haven't seen any of the new renovations. Um my senior year, they built the big auditorium. Mm. In fact, uh, I did my senior capstone in there, which is like your presentation of your what you've done so far, what you plan to do, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. It was an hour-long show, basically, of me just talking about myself, which is what I love to do. I mean, <laughs> we're going to be talking about like an hour and 20, maybe hour 30. So, I mean, we're, you got practice long before you actually got to this part. Yes. I have a script too. If you want, if you want me to just read my script, <laughs> do you still have that now, or is it that? Oh that's, yeah. What? I saved all my stuff from high school. I loved high school. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> um, but okay, so rewinding a little bit, you did mention that once because you you mentioned about you know Carter's dad leaving high and dry, and then you kind of got to a dark spot. Can you explain what that dark spot was? Because I. I dealt with a breakup. Obviously, it wasn't as extreme as yours was. And I know I had my dark spot where, like, I was drinking, but I was at, I was at home drinking, so obviously I was being safe. Plus, it's cheaper. Uh, so uh, I had that. It's also more depressing. A little bit. A little bit. But what was that? You know, you know, if you don't want to go into details, no, again, no, that's it's fine, fine. But, you know, what was that dark part of your life like? Yeah, I'll share. Um, luckily, I had my parents. Uh I had to get out of my apartment lease and it was like $2,700 or something like that just to get out of my Vancouver apartment lease. Mm -hmm. Part of it was just that like, um, closure. Well, yeah, you can't stay there. Yeah. So I got out of that. I, I went, I moved back home with my parents, which was such a slap in the face because you know, you feel like you're doing good. You got your own place. You're like 21 years old and you're, uh, you got a, an okay job, you know, you're making okay money. Like you feel like you have done something to get to where you're at and then you have to move back in with your parents. And it's yeah. just like, ugh. and <laughs> giant exhale, like God. Yeah. But they were there for me. Um, they helped me through that time. I remember now I remember, um, Carter was 
six months old. So I had only been in my position for six months because mm-hmm. remember I started 10 days after he was born in that position and I was running 10 crews, which if you know anything about construction, it takes a lot for one job, but I had literally 10 crews going on, uh, in a week doing anywhere between 10 to 15 jobs. That's a lot of work. And when you're so sad with your life because everything just blew up. Um, I just remember work being like me being like, okay, it's six o'clock. I should probably go home and just bawling at my desk. Like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to be able to pull myself together and mom now? Cause Carter's at home waiting for me. And you're like, how do I like leave all of my frustrations at the door before I actually enter into the yeah. house and be present and just yeah. you know, show Carter love unconditionally? And it was the only time in my life that I've ever felt like I wanted to die. And it was very short-lived, mm-hmm. luckily. I got over it really quickly, relatively, you know. Um because some people can be depressed for a very long time when something like that happens. I mean, it only lasted a few weeks and I got over it. I think I realized it clicked. Holy smokes. This guy was really terrible. What was I thinking? <laughs> but, um, um, the only thing that, that kept me from getting to that place was realizing that I had a son that needed me and without me, he'd have nothing. Mm-hmm. Because not only when he when he left, he didn't just leave me. He just picked up and left Carter. And that was crazy to me because I never once thought that he was that kind of guy. Like even if we broke up, I never once thought that he would just abandon his child. And he did. And he's he's there for Carter very rarely whenever it's convenient for him. Mm-hmm. And... What I've had to do over the years, um, I actually, I let Carter see him whenever he wants to see him. And the reason why is because I realize Carter actually really values that. And I wouldn't want to take that away from him because I wouldn't want him to feel like in the future when he, you know, he grows up and he can think more about this sort of thing. I wouldn't ever want him to feel like he did anything wrong. Or like he was inadequate or like he wasn't deserving of love from a parent. And so when Matt randomly comes back and says that he wants to see Carter or whatever, I actually set it up because I want Carter to know that he's not abandoned. And it's on your terms. As far as like the meeting and then how it's conducted, it's on your Mm -hmm. terms. It's not spontaneous. Yeah. I guess that's that's probably my biggest worry mm-hmm. is that my son feels like he was abandoned by a parent. Um, now, let me say, though, that Mason has been daddy like since since Carter was 10 months old. He's always been there. He Carter calls him daddy. He has since like we were together for like a year. He's always called him dad mm-hmm. and um, he loves him like his own. He cares for him like his own. He treats him like his own. He's a good person and a good dad. Um, and Carter doesn't have any deficiency 
with Mason being in the picture. Um, he's got that father figure, but yeah, I still let Matt come around whenever he pleases because I want Carter to know that he has all the love in the world. Yeah. So on, on this show, like I do like to touch base on like how people's thinkings get processed for you. Like, I don't even know where to ask the question of like, how did you make it to here? But it's also like just taking that, you know, situation of like always making sure Carter knows that his dad's, you know, it's not his fault. It's the dad that Matt that chose to leave. Like, how is that on your mental well-being and just trying to always like oh process God. that? Keone, you know. it is so at times it has been so hard. I've wanted to block it out 100 mm. percent and just never have to talk to him or deal with him ever again because it's painful um but as a parent you have to put your child first yeah no matter what and i think that that's something that people don't realize a lot um people who are going through breakups or divorces they are selfish sometimes and all they think about is their feelings and they don't think about how their child is going to take it either in that time or even later in life. That's trauma. Mm-hmm. When you're an adult, trauma comes back from your childhood and you react to things based on things that happened to you in your childhood. And all parents need to think about the way that everything that they do creates the way that their child thinks about themselves. And if you don't, think about your child first in the way that they're going to take the situation, then you're just being selfish. So at times when I've wanted to completely block him out, I've thought about how Carter, Carter still really loves him and cares about him. And to me as a grown adult who can see the situation from, you know, from afar or whatever, you know, looking, looking down at it, basically it's hard for me to understand because yeah. he's never been there. Yeah. Like he, how does Carter even really know who he is? He's just randomly there every once in a while. But to Carter, the, he means something to him. Yeah. And I'm sure like his memory of his dad is just of those moments where it's it like. It is. You're coordinating it. He's in a good like mood or he's trying uh-huh. to be kind. He's so happy to see him. To and some w- degree, and of course, if of he wants to see him, he's going to be like on his best behavior yeah. and be nice and all that stuff. Yeah, so to some degree, and like, you know, I'd hate to say it's kind of kind of a tainted memory, some yeah. degree, but. Yeah, and just, there's something about your biological parent. They're connected to you. Oh, yeah. No matter what, they can be the worst person in the world, and you still love them because they're your parent. Because you'll see, like, they are, they have some good in them, or you'll see, you'll just know, like. Even if they don't, they're your parent. Like you just have that connection with them. And so I wouldn't want to take that away from him. Even if he was a terrible person, I would still, he's not a terrible person. He's just, doesn't have his priorities straight. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you and I have had that kind of moments in our upbringings where we're like, we're thinking, Oh, we can go to this dance or I can focus on like homework. I'm going to go to the dance and you know, it's priorities. Yeah. It's not, it's always a work in progress just to make sure like we are always, you know, facing the right thing versus like something yeah. that could wait. It's like, oof. But 
So after how much time did it take for you to be trusting of men again? Because, you know, with that kind of situation, I could easily see you, you know, potentially just swearing off men altogether (laughs) or, you know, waiting as long as you wanted to. But how was that kind of dating process when it came to being a mom? That's a really good question. Um, The person that I was when I was 16 through 22 is 1000% different than if the same exact thing happened to me at my age now, 29, you know, Mm -hmm. 20, 23 through unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, how I told you that I got over it like within a few weeks. That was, I, I don't know if I really knew what love was and I don't know if I really knew how relationships should be or like, um, how I should be, how, how I should act in a new relationship. Um, so to answer your question, I didn't swear off men. I didn't really protect my heart at all. I pretty much just dove right back in. However, now, if the same thing were to happen to me, I would probably be swearing off men and Mm -hmm. protecting myself and taking stuff really slow. But the only thing I knew was just being with someone, whoever it was. It didn't, I I was always wanting to be in a relationship. I don't know if it gave me validation or if it, um, if I was really bad at being dependent, uh, independent. Um, but it's funny because the relationship that I'm in now with Mason, he's literally taught me to be d- independent. Mm-hmm. And that's really crazy that you can be with someone, be, you know, you can be in a relationship with someone and still learn that. Yeah. And it's because he, every single guy that I was ever with was like, we were obsessed with each other. We were. I remember those phases too. When like, yeah, it was a high school mentality of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And now, um, being older and being with someone who's very, I keep saying dependent, very (laughs) independent, um, and very like, he can do whatever on his own. He doesn't need anybody. And he's taught me to be the same way. Um, we ask each other for advice on certain things. We're both really like business people. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's never been obsessed with me. It's, it's never been a, what's the word? Like, We've never been and you know, just because I've had that experience with these like, you know, I'm in a relationship now, but like two prior were just like I was infatuated with these people for infatuation. That's the word. Yeah. So we've never been infatuated with with each other. We've had like an adult relationship. Yeah. Like a grown up. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see you, but I also I have things I need to do that doesn't include you. So, yeah, I've had now I'm in that relationship now where it's like, you know, we were talking about this off air where you know, we have our own independent days and it's, and we also have boundaries because, you know, there are times where I'll say I can't text her where I'm like, I can't text her as often when I'm at work. 
or you know i'm driving or i'm doing this mm-hmm. you know talking to you, know, you for example yeah. and you know she's like i understand that and then i it's just it's a relief to like know like oh yeah, yeah, I can still be in my own person and still be in a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure even to just have a, another woman in your house and have her, you know, not have somebody that's j- like what like that's um d- that has a problem with it basically. She <laughs> she's might she might be mad at me, but like I told her like, "Oh, she's coming over doing the interview." She's like, "Oh, oh, she did have show a little bit of concern, but it's like <laughs> I was like, honey, she's in a relationship. She has a, you know, a son and, you know, a, you know, stepdaughter. She's a hundred percent committed to this, that relationship. Yeah. And then I'm a hundred percent committed to her. So it's like a hundred percent. We do not want to screw that up for ourselves. Right. Well, adults can have friends of opposite yeah. genders. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Exactly. And so know you're you're in this relationship now you're i feel like you're i mean never no one's gonna be completely done rebuilding themselves after facing what you face or facing what i face. No, if you're not growing you're dying yeah exactly if we're not growing we're dying or you know i was gonna make a joke but i lost it so (laughs) edit that out (laughs) so along with the roofing company you are also went through this giant you know weight management body image uh improvement because so my process again for people that have you know, watched or listened to the show, uh, you know, I deep dive on people's social medias because that's the best way I can get understanding. Oh, yeah. I did see a photo of you that made me think of something I want. I mean, this next thing I want to talk to you about. But, you know, you were, I think, flowing down the river and then you're in your bikini, obviously, because it's a hot day. And you had your hand over your stomach because you're hiding it. So I was just like, OK, that, that kind of gave me a flag that she had a negative image of her own body. So now fast forward to. I don't know, let's say last week or something like that, where you are posting yourself, you know, you're in your like sports bra, like flexing in front of the mirror. That's, that's, that's such a growth. Holy smokes. Yeah. Um, I've had a battle with that. Still do. Mm-hmm. Um, right now at this very moment where I'm at is I'm living life. Yeah. I'm not hard on myself. You have some cake. It's not the worst thing in the world. I'll eat a whole ass slice <laughs> of cake. I will go to spin class on Saturday morning with my girlfriends. And yeah. then we'll go to brunch and I'll eat potatoes and mimosas and have mimosas afterward. And like the Kardashians say, I'm just living life. <laughs> <laughs> but but for real though, um, it really what I've realized is the way that I treat myself um, and the way that I look at myself and the way that I discipline myself. Mm-hmm. It's a season like whatever season I'm in. Sometimes I will go really hard and I won't eat a single thing that's bad for me. And I'll work out twice a day, 45 minutes a day mm-hmm. uh, a workout and I'll. Um, like I did 75 hard, which is really intense. Uh, if you don't know what 75 hard is, go to 75 hard.com. There's a plug. (laughs) It tells you all about it. Uh, Andy Frisella created it. Um, he didn't think that more than a handful of people would do it. Turns Mm -hmm. out like, you know, thousands and thousands of people have done this very intense program. 
I've done that twice. Um, it's 75 days. If you mess up one thing, you have to start over on day one again. Wow. Uh, yeah, you have to drink a gallon of water a day. You have to work out twice a day, 45 minutes each. One of them has to be outside. So I started on January 1st. Remember when we had that snowstorm? Yeah. Had to do my workout. Uh, where I lived in southeast Portland, which over here, I guess it was a lot of ice. Yeah. yeah. But in southeast Portland, we had a foot of snow. So was, I got the it was pleasure. A, it was a blend. It was kind of a blend. Oh, okay. But, yeah. So I got the pleasure of doing my outdoor workout in a foot of snow. That was quite the resistance training. <laughs> County Chats is probably sponsored by Cove Hard Yerba Mate. Josh Mackler is a good friend and former guest of the show. And after his episode where he talked about the origins of Cove, I was very curious as to what Yerba Mate tasted like in general. So after getting a baseline understanding of Yerba Mate, I thought let's let's try let's knock this up a little bit and let's add some alcohol. So at the time of this recording, Portland, Oregon is hitting about an 80 to 90 degree uh, heat wave. So what better way to cool down, feel a little looser, but also feel lighter than to have some of Kobe's hard yerba mate. So to try some of Josh's yerba mate, go to hardyerbamate.com, H-A-R-D-Y-E-R-B-A-M-A-T-E.com. Look around, create a cart including all four other flavors, uh, the uh, berry, lemonade, mango colada, and a mojito. And then before you check out, use the discount code Keone Chats Kobe, K-E-O-N-I-C-H-A-T-S-K-O-V-E for 25% off your total purchase. That is huge. Thank you to Josh and the people at Kobe for supplying this discount code for the fans of the Keone Chats podcast to try and experience what another way to uh, feel a little looser during the hot summer days could be like. Because there are those hard seltzers of the world, but this could I think this is an, another great way to uh, feel a little looser, but also feel a little lighter. So go to hardyerbamate.com, H-A-R-D-Y-E-R-B-A-M-A-T-E.com. Discount code Keone Chats Kove, K-E-O-N-I-C-H-A-T-S-K-O-V-E. 25% off, and you must be 21 years and older to purchase any alcohol from Kove. Uh, but if you want to purchase a shirt or whatnot, you can still use the discount code. Um, and everyone, please enjoy responsibly. Um, and uh, I've you have to do two 45-minute workouts per day. One of them has to be outside. You have to stick to a diet. You cannot even eat an M&M. For 75 days straight, you have to read 10 pages in a self-improvement or like self-bettering book or an entrepreneurial book per day. You have to take a progress picture every day. You can't drink any alcohol for the full 75 days. Um, there's there's just, there's a bunch of requirements. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've done that where it's like super intense, like you have to be really committed. And then I've like done like absolutely nothing at times and mm -hmm. i think it took me to almost 30 years old to find that balance of like you can do both and live your life and be happy and be healthy yeah i had this crazy idea back in high school i was like you know what i'm gonna try and look like dwayne johnson <laughs> and let me tell you like so back in high school i would shave my head and uh, just because, you know, football practice and it was just so much easier to work with. 
So people confuse me. Like, are you military or are you just <laughs> like, you do look like Dwayne Johnson. So I was like, oh, thank you. So um, that was my crazy goal. But then as I progressed through life, I realized my, I'm never going to get to that point because A, he had like four hours of time to just work out. So it was like that. And then also it's like, I'm, I'm just getting more comfortable with how my body is like I'll make it better always like keep it upkeep but as far as like you know going to those extremes I'm like I'm okay with that I don't need to do yeah. that yeah yeah I really just go on a carnival ride yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on a roller coaster ride um but I think I do feel like a real badass when I get to that point where I'm all ripped out and it, I look and you've shown really you've, you've posted a few pictures where you're like your six pack is you know, it's there. On point. It's on point. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have that right now, and I'm okay with it. And yeah. with it's summer, and I put on a bikini, and I feel okay. And it, and it's, it is a struggle sometimes, but I think just realizing that that's not. <sighs> It's not attainable for everyone. And Jessica, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, she just, that's all she does. She's working out and posting pictures of herself flexing in yeah. the mirror. I'm just well, like, it is her job. It is her job. So Granted. there you go. That's yeah. point point proven. Like, yeah. but it's when it's your like, job Jesus to Christ work out and train people. Yeah. You have then, to look at your peak. You can't just like, yeah. you know, train someone and then have like a gut. But look, she's still working on becoming better yeah. every single day. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm -hmm. If you're not making yourself a little bit better, one percent better every day, then you're you're not. What's the point of living? Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's fitness. It could be just mentally. It could be you know self improvement, or it can be working on a hobby, or doing something that makes you happy, or self care, or whatever. But just doing a little bit of something every single day makes all the difference. Yeah, because you know, singing. Do you, are you still are you still doing that? Is that are you singing to who? You, yeah. What are you doing to continue with um, whatever you're doing to make you happy? Um, I wish that I made more time for it, but I have so many other things going on. It really is just it's just a hobby it's just for fun I like to sing to people because I like people to say wow you're a good singer and that's pretty much it <laughs> <laughs> so uh when because I did find I realized I could check YouTube for some people's like oh my god yeah, no yeah you're kidding me I, yeah you still have a YouTube channel and you still have some songs up in there from like 2011 oh lord <laughs> So, okay. So you really dug deep for that one. I did, but some of those got like a hundred plus views, which I've only, you know, has someone that has a podcast that's only been doing this for like, you know, you'll be episode, I believe, fifty. I have like forty eight thousand views on one of my videos. Yeah, yeah. That's a. That was fresh out of high school, and you know what's the dumbest thing is that I could have made money off of that because YouTube asked me to do ads on that video. And I was like, what's this? I'm not going to do that. And now. We were just talking about that downstairs. <laughs> I know. I didn't have the whole entrepreneurial st uh. spirit when I first got out of high, high school <laughs> and went into college, I guess. But yeah, if I would have like, you know, t taken that on, I really think it was my stupid 
title of that video that got me all those views. I'm like, you put like a lot of, if I remember correctly, it was, you know, you sang a song and you just put cover. So I think. I put Nicki Minaj bottoms up verse by a white girl. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back on that now in you our current not, state. You do not do that. Probably shouldn't have called that out. No. But, but. it got me a lot of views. <laughs> yeah. Um. Things were a little bit different back then, but mm-hmm. I think I'm a little more politically correct now. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we have to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, but like, so when I saw that and then you were talking about like that time, again, sorry to backtrack a little bit more, but you were talking about like before you started with your parents' work or your parents' business of Raindrop, did you ever think like, I could use this to like, you know, did you have this crazy idea that some cr- big studio producer is going to find your YouTube video and you're going to become a star no. or are you just like, no, nope. this for fun, just for fun. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> I, when I was really young, I wanted to be a singer. Um, but as I grew older, I realized what comes with that and that's not a life I want to live mm, okay it's too I wouldn't be able to handle it I I'm really I love the spotlight and I love attention like I crave attention that's probably my one of my biggest weakness weaknesses like I will sit here and talk about myself all day long <laughs> and it's an honor to be on your show thank I, you I'm <laughs> it's so happy an honor to be on your podcast um but any opportunity that I could talk about myself, I'll take because it's my, it's, it's my poison. Like I yeah. love, I love to talk about myself because I'm really a cool person. I mean, you know, just thinking like we've talked a little bit over an hour officially, but um, just thinking back to like the whole hour we've talked, like you've gone through quite a journey just to get to where you are right now. Yeah. And it's funny because when I think about my life, I think about how easy it's been. Mm-hmm. And so looking at it that way, yeah, I have gone, I've gone through a couple things, nothing in comparison to a lot of people, but mm-hmm. really, I think the best thing about me is that, um, I'm always, I always try to stay positive and I always try to uplift other people. Um, I know we're going to talk about social media and I know that you personally have a, kind of a negative feeling about social media in a lot of ways. There are times where it's like, so, you know, my, my 50th guest, Alex, uh, who is, you know, he has to, he, he, he kind of has that negative view of social media because, you know, you think back to people that would just post their, Oh, I had a great sandwich. And then, but there, now there's a whole market for that. And it's grown so much since then. Again, Alex, if you're listening or watching, I, I don't know if you are, but you know, if you are, um, love you buddy but i know it's um i think that social media can be fun it can be but just like any other addiction it can get bad quickly yeah so it's well that what you just said that's not a big deal the the thing that's really bad about social media is how easy it is for people to think that that's real Mm. um when people post pictures of themselves with their significant other and they appear to have a perfect relationship and they post pictures of themselves in the perfect pose and they look perfect their body looks you know 
like straight on magazine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what causes the negative negative things on social media, negative feelings towards social media, because you look at that and you start comparison, comparing yourself and you think, Oh, I wish I had what they had, but you don't know what their real life is like. Yeah. And I think I was thinking about this a lot because I knew you were going to ask me about it. And I think the way to have a good outlook outlook on social media is to look at who you follow. Mm-hmm. Because if you follow like Kylie Jenner and like a bunch of now this might be more of like a feminine thing, but if you follow a bunch of Instagram models, you're going to log into your Instagram, start scrolling, and that's all you see. And you get it in your head that you're inadequate, or that you don't look good enough, or that you um, don't have a perfect life, or that you don't have enough money, or whatever it is. But if you follow a bunch of people that are like self-love and like um, body uh, positive and... Um, entrepreneurial and people that post like business minded things. And that's what you see when you scroll that gives you a good positive outlook versus looking at all this crap. That's not real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's what I do on my page. Um, on my social media, I post both. I'll, I'll, like I said, off air. Um, I don't really wear makeup that often. And I'm not afraid to post a video completely naked faced. Like Mm -hmm. that's who I am. That's me. You know, I don't have to be all done up and, uh, that's huge for social media and my followers and, um, my sister, my little sister. You have to be a role model for her as she enters into adulthood. Uh huh. And to know that you're beautiful just the way you are. You don't have to put anything on your face. You don't have to pose a certain way. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's what makes, if, if there was more real realism, (laughs) more reality on social media, that would give a, that would give a whole different aspect of it versus the negatives that you draw from it. Mm -hmm. And again, like, yeah, I, I now view social media as more of like a tool, you know, when it comes to pushing the show. Exactly. For because like a lot of small businesses, it's like let's say in this Portland area that you know a food cart. It's like they depend yeah. on social media to like get their stuff out there because yeah. it's and cheaper. it's free marketing if you do it right. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's you can boost stuff, it's, but it's mentally taxing though. It's just like, oh, how do I get this going? But I can help you. <laughs> <laughs> I love social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because it's a place to be my authentic self. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you you mentioned being liking the attention. You know, when it comes to posting your most recent, like, let's say last month of photos where you are, you know, you're showing that you're body positive, you know, you're working out or, you know, you're not working out, but you're just showing the results of your workout. Now, when you post, like, let's say a photo of you in your sports bra and you're showing off, you know, your six pack, do you think about like, you know, I'm also representing my family and also because, you know, you are, you have a family to represent your own, not like your mom, your dad, but like, do you think about that? And also like, how much do you weigh in like? there are people that will see this and then they will make inappropriate comments towards you because of, you know, you are an attractive woman and they're going to knock that, but it's like you're an attractive woman in your sports bra posting photos. Like, do you, I, do you think about that? I block people daily. Oh, 
yeah, I don't, I don't do that shit. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody says something to me that goes beyond like, wow, you look great. If they say something like so sexy, no, I have a family. I have, you know, I'm in a happy relationship. I might give them a warning if it's somebody that I have some sort of relationship with. I'll be like, please don't post that on my stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I don't know them, I instantly block them. I don't, I just, it's not for me. Yeah. That's not where I'm at in life. I'm not looking for that. I don't, I don't care to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just block them right away. Cause I, I don't, uh, I don't get anything out of it. Like I used to, like, you know, how I told you that, um, back when I was like up to 22 or whatever that I handled relationships and stuff differently. I like really liked that kind of stuff. Like I craved that, uh, that kind of attention. But now I don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel good about myself without somebody, some random man on the internet telling me that. Yeah. You know? But if it's like, let's say Jessica saying you look sexy. Oh, yeah. I'd be fine. like, thanks, girl. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> that's fine. If it's a friend, even if it's a guy friend, it doesn't bother me. Okay. And, it, and Mason's really good about that kind of thing. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not really bothered. Like, we're really, we trust each other a lot. And yeah. Yeah. It doesn't do anything to our relationship but and we've also been together for seven years so there's a good you know level of trust and ability there yeah well neither one of us are going anywhere (laughs) (laughs) so touch base real quickly so you mentioned jessica ashman who was a guest on the show i think around maybe teens like i can't remember exactly which episode but i think it was pretty early on early on i listened to that one uh yeah and you know for you know, which was like awesome to just get her on talk her about talk to her about her business. I think when you ran into her back in April of 2019, and then just the fact that like you two worked together, what was that kind of you know client and uh, employee kind of employer, I guess like trainer. Trainer, yeah. Kind of, uh, how was that dynamic? Good. Um, it's funny because Jessica was really like immature and like a cute little girl in high school. Now she's like a grown woman with a business and a house. Like (laughs) she's killing it. She's owned her own house for like eight years or something. Like, did you know that? I knew like she, I think when I talked to her last was like still around the time that her episode was released. And I think she said that she was like at that time she was at the, you know, she went through breakup. She was still trying to figure out like how her living situation is. I didn't know she was in her house. No, no, she's, she has owned her own house by herself for years. Wow. And way before, like, I still haven't bought my own house. Mason owns our house that we live in. I'm in an apartment, so. (laughs) I want to buy my own house. Um, But, uh, yeah, she did that early on. Smart, 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 because now the market's crazy. And she's got, she probably doubled her money just with that. But, anyways, um, yeah, she just, she really grew up. And uh, I respect her so much. She not only physically but like mentally she just really works on herself constantly Mm -hmm. and she's such a good role model she's such a good um cheerleader and i love how she does online clients like i was she just uh she really supports you and like just cares so much she just really wants to help people be better and that's my whole thing too i just want to help people be better and so her and i get along awesome yeah. i love her that's great like you can be selfless and just be like i want to see you get to your goal yeah 100 percent. and i don't care what it takes but i will be here every step of the way for you to reach your goal I yeah like, 
especially when it comes to fitness, that's hard because food. <laughs> it's right. so easy just to eat the wrong thing. I don't thing. know how I did it right now because now I just eat what I want. And like I think about when I was tracking macros and stuff and I'm like, that's an, it's, damn, I, th- I was really disciplined. I know. That sounds like so much work. <laughs> this is like I got to log all this in. I was like, why? You should enjoy yourself. Like I watched – I watched what I ate when it came to like a few spurts here or there. Like, oh, I want low carb, low sugar. I did I did paleo in college, but I was just like, now like I'll try it, but I'm just like, I don't want to. Well, speaking of low carb and low sugar, since you're you're talking about that, I might as well do a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're here for, guys. This is what we're here for. <laughs> so, um, obviously, I've been in the keto realm for four years now. And um, I've done the keto diet, uh, which I think a lot of people have negative feelings toward it because they think it's like butter and cheese and (laughs) all sorts of bad stuff. But clean keto is like nuts and seeds and avocado and green vegetables and, um, you know, healthy fats and stuff like that. And it's really good for your body it's Mm. it's our native state babies are born in ketosis did you know that Mm. when they're in the womb they're in ketosis is this where the the phrase keto diet came from ketosis yeah ah yeah when you're in ketosis um or the keto diet puts you into a state of ketosis uh and for the last four years i have slang ketones (laughs) i'm a keto dealer um so I have this drink that puts your body into a state of ketosis within 59 minutes. You don't have to uh, do the diet. You just drink the drink. It gets into your bloodstream and it puts your body into that state. You can either um, get energy from glucose or mm-hmm. from ketones. Hmm. So naturally, well, not natural. Naturally, you get uh, energy from ketones. That's our, Like I said, that's our native state. That's the way we're born. That's the way we could be forever if we never eat carbs and sugar yeah um but uh the american diet has us all running off of glucose Mm. and ketones are a better fuel for your body so i drink ketones twice a day at least um and they make me feel really good better mood more energy better sleep better skin better focus Mm -hmm. that brain fog goes away um and it really helps with muscle retention a ton. Really? Like if you work out, okay, let me give you an example. You know, we're talking about my working out and how I haven't been going as hard lately, but I can still like do the same reps and like do the same exercises as I could before because my muscles are still intact. I haven't, you know, when you stop working out and you don't eat as well, how your muscles like go away really quickly you're yeah. like looking in the mirror like where'd you go what, <laughs> Just happened, here, guys? what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah so with keto with these exogenous ketones endogenous are the ones that your body creates naturally mm-hmm. exogenous are the ones that you drink or that you take in from an outside source mm. so with exogenous ketones um they really help with muscle retention and with fat loss and um really my whole goal is just to make people feel better i've literally seen people change their lives from this product Hmm. and that's why i continue to do it is because it gives me that joy it gives me so much happiness seeing somebody you know be a better mom to their kids or like 
lose that weight for their wedding or whatever it is. It's not a weight loss product. Product. It's weight management. Does so much more than that, but really yeah. the main thing is fat loss. Fat loss. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's how you want it to be pushed out. It's a fat loss. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, because I hate the scale. I don't own a scale. I don't get on the scale. I don't know how much I weigh. I don't give a you know what? You can curse on this podcast, by the way. I don't give a shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, you know, when I'm training and I'm like, I have a goal or whatever, I'll get on the scale yeah. just to yeah. measure. But the scale is a dirty liar mm-hmm. because you can be gaining muscle like a mother trucker <laughs> and you can be like, you know, getting all ripped out and you haven't moved a single number on the scale yeah that can be very discouraging so discouraging for some people they'll message me and be like i haven't lost a single pound i'm like okay how are your pants fitting oh well i went from a size 16 to 12 oh really and uh how do you feel well i feel really good i have a lot of energy i'm like um how when you look in the mirror do you notice anything yeah i notice my stomach then throw away the freaking scale like what are you thinking <laughs> like it's not to them, like the scale, the number on the scale is a total dictating factor, mm-hmm. but it's really not. The scale is a dirty liar. It's a dirty liar. So muscle preservation, muscle retention, fat loss. It's that's why I do. That's why I still do that. So for your business, Fit and Pretty Biohacking Co. Is that your slogan? The that's scale my company. Is a liar? That's my company name, Fit and Pretty Biohacking Co. Um, I. When we drink ketones, it's it's called biohacking. You're yeah. hacking your your body. Yeah. Um, you're hacking your biology, and uh, not hacking a lung. You're hacking like a computer guy hacks into another computer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just making sure. You're making your body go into a different state than it's in mm-hmm. because you go from utilizing glucose for energy to utilizing ketones. Um, and I came up with that name at the very beginning. It just stuck. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's my company name. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy for me that like, you know, people I, they're my age, I've like the middle school, high school with, you know, obviously in adulthood, they're going to do things that are, you know, crazy and awesome. You know, you, you know, you having a business, you one of the you know few people that I have had this long term, you know, connection with that own a company and they're running it and they're having fun with it. I'm just like. Yeah. Well, I'm an independent promoter for the company Prove It. Mm. Prove It is the ketones that I sell. Um, And I obviously, as you know, I do, I have a full-time job. So it's just my, it's It's like my passion project. I just love making people um, be better. However that is, whether that's more with more energy throughout the day or being in a better mood for their spouse or, you know, being able to run after their kids or their grandkids. Yeah. Longevity. Yeah. Longevity and healthiness. That's mm-hmm. what you, yeah. you you push. Yep. It's awesome. And so, Tori, you know, I feel like I, I really want to talk to you forever. But, you know, I like to end my interviews by asking a couple hypothetical questions from this packet of 170 questions. You probably heard about this because you've listened and or watched a few episodes. I must not have heard the end. I must not have heard the end. Also, thank you for, uh, you know, listening in and watching in. That's uh I, I never know really like I can see the numbers but to like finally like put some faces to the yeah numbers. I subscribed <sighs> oh my god <laughs> thank you so much of course <laughs> so my first hypothetical question to you it, and it kind of ties in with like you know you do have a business but if you won the lottery 
what would not change? What would stay the same if you won the lottery? Oh my gosh, the first thing I think of is like all the things I would change. What would <laughs> See, not a change? Twist. <laughs> no well, worries. Oh, there it is. I might not still work. I might not still run my family's business. <laughs> um, I probably would train someone up really, really well and pass on the the baton. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because that's not like I have a like I said I have a lot of pride in it. I care about it a lot. But it brings me a lot of stress because I care so much about it. Mm-hmm. And I, um, it's not my passion. Mm. And so what wouldn't change is, oh my gosh, my stomach is growling so much. <laughs> what wouldn't change is me doing Prove It. In fact, I would probably do that full time okay. along with a lot of other stuff. I'd probably still, I don't know if you know this, but I do event hair. Like I do like wedding hair and I stuff did, like I that. I did see that on your uh, little yeah. tagline on Instagram, yeah. I believe. I do a lot of random little things, but that's probably what I do. I just do a whole bunch of things that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so what wouldn't change is my family would stay the same. I wouldn't just like be like, peace, <laughs> I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, my family would stay the same. My um, my passions, all my passions would stay the same. My hobbies would increase. I would do them more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, because I think, you know, money can change a person's characteristics. I think if you stay true to like your values of like, this is for family. I you know. Yeah. Same thing for me. It's just like, I think about if I won the lottery, I would pay off my student debt. I would do all this, 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 this. And then I think for me, what would just be, would be the same. It's just like, I want to, and then going back to like having a job that like is not great, but you have a job, you feel like an adult. I felt like when I got this most recent job, I was like, okay, I can finally, like, have a living. I can finally, like, do things and buy things for my brother. Yeah. Like, I bought my brother tickets to a concert, which Aww, concerts nice. are coming back. That's super cool. Um, but so, like, I would do that same thing, just buy gifts for, you know, people that have done big things in my life. So. Yeah. So the second cool. question is that, you know, you, you look fantastic, and you were very much, you know, if, and I wouldn't say, like, if I, I mean, again, going back to my memory of you back at Cedar Hills, probably have all changed but if you were a fashion icon and whatever you wore became a fashion trend what fashion trends would you start this actually goes back to when we talked about your little sister in high school so this works out look it all ties in probably sweatpants <laughs> suits <laughs> just like my favorite thing right now like i will literally wear this every day yeah is tie-dye sweatpants outfits wow like with the tie-dye sweatpants with the tie-dye sweatshirt like (laughs) crew neck yeah yeah Yeah, that's what i'd make everybody would be wearing that and then i wouldn't feel so weird wearing it there you go that's awesome you know what i'm super into right now what are you into (laughs) tie-dye Because <laughs> I don't know if you go on TikTok ever. Uh, I I mean, I saw yours. I saw your tie dye. There are some people that tie dye on TikTok, and their creations are incredible. Like I'm about to buy all the t- all the tie dyeing supplies <laughs> just so that I can tie dye everything because they are so cool looking. Yeah. Oh gosh, where was I? This uh, I think Thursday, like sometime within the last week, I was walking um i can't remember where but i was walking with you know girlfriend partner and 
she we I saw this store that just had all tie dye in it, like all tie dye kinds of like things. I'm just like, Where you know, hearing it? that now, I'll I'll see if I can find. It. I'll let you know. But um, was you know, it Beaverton? I think maybe Beaverton. I c- uh no yeah I think it was Beaverton. I think this was on a Wednesday. So yeah, I'll I'll see if I can find it again. But yeah, I was just thinking that now. I was like, that would fit perfectly for you. Yeah, I but I want to make my own. Mm. I don't really care to buy anybody else's tie dye stuff. Oh yeah, I'll make course. my own tie dye stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some of the designs are like ingenious. They're so cool. They're so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that story, random. Yeah. Like I will never stick to one thing ever in my life. I will always be doing whatever I want to do in that time period. Mm-hmm. Like Mason makes fun of me because I went to school to be a makeup artist. And I went, I finished, mm-hmm. and then I never did it. <laughs> in fact, I ended up doing wedding hair instead. <laughs> so now I do that on the side. And then, like, I'll just get, I'll, like, start doing beading. Like, I'll, like, start making bracelets and necklaces and cool. rings and wiring and stuff like that. And then I just stop. <laughs> you, sh- you should get an Etsy, or I think Etsy's a thing where, like, they sell. Uh-huh. Yeah, you should do that. But there's this, there's no shame in starting a hobby loving it and then stopping it when you're done with it you don't want to get burnt out on it i just think life is meant to be lived and meant to have fun and Mm -hmm. you might as well try as many things as you can so never let anybody tell you like oh you never stick to one thing yeah that's because you like to try different things exactly exactly so that that seems like a great note to leave on but before i officially end this but tori where can the people find you on social media since we did talk about that for a little bit you are obviously on social yeah. media lead them lead them to where they can find you um on instagram i am at tori loves you t-o-r-r-e-y loves you um facebook tori henderson tiktok um, where tiktok where? i'm just tori henderson okay all one word T-O-R-R-E-Y. Um, <laughs> I that musical Tory Pine Tree <laughs> in California. So it's a weird spelling. Yeah, yeah. you got to have that you know, extra. I'm learning also to spell things out and like talk slower because I have to spell out like, you know, like my website or any other thing I want to yeah. push because I realize people aren't always watching this on YouTube. They can't see it. They have yeah. to like, you know, be able to spell it out. So thank Luckily, you Luckily, Keone is exactly how it sounds. Spelled exactly how it sounds. Mm, there's some people that put a Y in there. They think we key like key okay. opening a door. So you'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Conlu too is exactly how it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Tori thinks you L O O. Sorry. No, 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 no. C O N L U. L E O? as L U. Oh shoot, I was wrong. <laughs> I thought it was just L U. Uh C O N L U. L U. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was right. Okay. I was saying unless unless they thought it was L O O. Oh. Which no. would be so. No. If they if they. <laughs> thank you, fans, for watching the show. I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> Tori, thank you so much for coming on. I know um, Sunday it's always a day where you want to get things going. So, thank you for taking time traveling a little bit to come reconnect course i appreciate you having me on seriously like it's it's a real honor thank, thank you. you so much for sticking around until the end of the episode if you like what you heard or watch and would like more episodes from keone chats the show can be found on all podcast platforms and youtube under keone chats 
If you want to keep in the loop on other creative content releases, you can follow KC Media on Instagram and Twitter under KC Media 13. And then on Facebook, it'll be under Conlu K Media. So if you'd like to be a guest, email me at kcmedia13 at yahoo.com. Tell me your story. I'd love to get you on the show. So until the next episode, everyone, please take care.